Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Recovery Central Changes Podcast. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Richard. Here we are trying to get ahead because Again. you're going away next week. Yes, so I am. If I haven't got you to help me next week, am I going to do this with two voices? No, I'd rather avoid that. I'm sure you'd be able to. Well, it would be quite fun, actually, yeah, to do would. that. It would be real fun to just mess about with them and get a modulator <laughs> as well. But no, I won't be doing that. I'm getting fantastical ideas because I'm finally catching up with Money Heist. Only about five years behind everybody else who watches things on Netflix. Anyway, what have we got for you today? Yet again, we are looking at this grey area, which is where people are not sure about coming into rehab or just in rehab or just out of rehab or whether they where they don't necessarily understand what recovery is and what it's about and maybe they kind of want it maybe they don't maybe they want the family off the back maybe they want to patch things up with a sibling or a partner or parent maybe it's that they know that something's got to give and they know that the next thing they're going to lose is going to be worth more than alcohol and drugs Maybe they know all these things but won't admit them. There's all sorts of things at work here, aren't there? Yeah. And we feel very much that what we want to communicate is the way that addicts and alcoholics are thinking Mm -hmm. at that point. Because this is something that's not generally known. No, of course not. And sometimes if you're listening and you can spot the similarities, then it might just give you that little nudge over there just to convince you enough that you may have a problem and that's very much the purpose Mm -hmm. of the letters and the dialogues is to highlight that thinking because to the uninitiated to the uneducated Mm -hmm. alcoholic and addictive thinking can just look mad and therefore people don't know how to respond yeah but denial is a very strong thing isn't it i remember the late great robin williams oh yeah being asked where he'd been in an interview and he just said I was in denial (laughs) it's a very deep river anyway let's start with a letter it's here somewhere in my huge barrage of paper yes here we go dear Jim Jack and Jess I think my head has fallen off well more like I keep hearing people telling me to give it a wobble which I'm not sure is very sensible I stick around recovery circles as much as possible these days and I think it might be doing me more harm than good. Either that, or I'm just not understanding what they keep telling me. I started going to meetings six months ago, and I was soon doing a minimum of two a day. At first, it helped to be around other people, especially as they weren't drinking or using. However, I did have to stop going to one meeting, because it became clear that the secretary had relapsed, and one of the group was dealing outside. Still, I've kept at it, and I'm still clean and sober. But now I'm only doing three meetings a week because I've been able to reconnect with some of my family and friends and I've managed to get back to work. What I don't get is that a lot of my new clean and sober friends, if that's what they are, seem to think that work is a negative thing. What's more, I don't get what they're talking about half the time. There seems to be some sort of private language that I'm missing. When they keep telling me to give my head a wobble, I genuinely don't know what they mean. So I went back to work and it's resulted in my attending fewer meetings. Several people have said to me that I'm on dangerous ground because I should put meetings first. I don't know how much longer I can do this as whenever I talk about work people say I'm deflecting and showing defects in my personality. Please help, Myron. Hmm. Now, that's interesting. That's That's an unusual one. The two meetings a day if I'm living in a flat on my own that's associated with my madness, mm-hmm. then yes, two meetings a day yeah, makes sense. 
And if I've got nothing else in my calendar, two meetings today yeah, makes definitely. sense. But actually, there comes a point where that can drive you mad. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Because you can get a degree of advice, inverted commas, that is just so conflicting because mm. you're talking to so many different people, different people and possibly too many different people. And this whole idea of having a sponsor for me was about having this one person yeah. that I can tell everything and then it doesn't matter yeah, yeah, if I don't tell everyone else everything. And I think it's quite important not to get addicted to NA and AA mm. because people can be. And it can become more of a social event than a, a yes. meeting. Yes, and either way, it actually becomes meaningless, doesn't it? Yeah. If I'm just going and going and going and going and not thinking about who's saying mm-hmm. what or what's around me, then I'm not actually gaining anything no, you've by got, you've got to be able turning to up. Walk out of the meeting and say, I've got something on that meeting. If you're going twice a day, I'm sure it's just, you're not going to be doing that all the time, are you? You're not going to get something from every single meeting twice a day for however long you were doing Well, it's like they say, isn't it? If you remember things from every meeting you go to, you're not going to enough. Mm-hmm. But if you can't remember anything, you're going to too many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the balance thing that's coming out for me in this. Because this is someone who was obviously desperate and started with two meetings a day mm-hmm. and was clearly prepared yeah. to do his damnedest. This yeah. is not someone who's in denial. This no, is not no, someone no. who's trying to deflect or deny or excuse. And I think the thing about the secretary relapsing Relapse. and someone selling outside the group, sadly, that has been known to happen. Yeah. But what this person has done has avoided that mm-hmm. and has gone to places that they feel are sober. Mm-hmm. But then he's struggling with the language. There are people I find around the rooms that do very much talk in a language. Yeah, I know. I that know is that very one. much of the books, I suppose. It's about finding the right meetings for yourself, though, isn't it? Yeah. Aren't, all meetings aren't going to suit everyone, are they? So it's it's more of a what you get from that meeting. If they are talking a different language, I, I do know of the language that he's probably talking about, and you can get very confused as to what they're actually talking about. And Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's about finding the right meetings yeah. for me and therefore feeling comfortable around the people yeah. because it's not a given that I'm going to get on with everyone at a meeting because I'm not going to, and they're not all going to get on with me, but there are going to be some meetings that I get on with better than others. Sometimes we forget that we're all people Mm-hmm. and just because I sober up doesn't mm. stop a lot of people out there being wankers mm. it also doesn't mean that anywhere that I walk into that's got a recovery atmosphere it doesn't mean that everyone is thinking the same way as me because yeah. we are all human we don't do that no. that's not the way we think that's not the way we interact no. and the way that people interact positively it isn't a given just because it's a recovery setting mm-hmm. it's still a room full of imperfect human beings it's a really important one this for people who've not really got started yet because this is about the pitfalls it's about the two meetings a day getting obsessed two meetings a day would be at the expense of any kind of normal daily routine because it would be all you'd be doing and also this minefield of going into meetings in whatever fellowship Mm -hmm. and not knowing who's good and who's not so good and it really is a minefield yeah it is this person is trying their best and it strikes me that perhaps the people they're around aren't necessarily as sober as they think they are. No. I know well, that sounds terribly judgmental. No, I know. But, but I can feel for this guy yeah. because it's this, why do I feel like everyone's getting at me when all I'm trying to do is do the right thing? And how about his transition back to work, which 
which is to a lot of people that would be a normal thing to do not realizing yeah. it could be detrimental to his recovery and his clean time there's that and he may have gone back to work out of economic necessity as well mm. Going back to work is partly a self-esteem thing, partly a growing in recovery thing, but it can also be a financial consideration. Of course, of course. <laughs> anyway, onwards and upwards. Mm -hmm. But why? I've just explained it to you. But can't you see this is different? No. Why? Because it's not. I must be missing something here. That's an understatement. And what's that supposed to mean? Have you listened to a word I've said? Of course I have and explain to you why what you're doing isn't helpful. That's what you said, yeah. But you really don't understand why. No. You're only just out of rehab and suddenly you're making a whole list of life-changing decisions. Well, the way I see it, you've helped me establish what's good and what's bad for me, so I'm going to get rid of all the things that are bad for me. Such as your wife? Yes. Just like that. You said our relationship was toxic. I did, yeah. So of course I'm going to get divorced, aren't I? I'm just taking your advice. Listen, your marriage had become toxic because of your drinking, dishonesty and financial mismanagement. She was enabling you and working every hour she could to prop the family up, but you wouldn't change. I see that now. Do you? Yeah, it would be better if we separate. It's a bit drastic, isn't it? Drastic times call for drastic measures. Now that is overdramatic. I don't see why. Your relationship with your wife wasn't toxic to begin with. It's been poisoned over time by your alcoholism and all the associated factors. In fact, there's no reason you can't rebuild your relationship with your wife. But you said... I said it would take work. And what if I relapse? Is that what you want? I don't know what you mean. I think you do. Don't. If there's a drink in your head, and I think there is, then of course you won't go back to your wife. I'm sorry, you've lost me. I... Because she wants to work with you on maintaining your sobriety for the sake of your children. But she's the one that made me drink in the first place. Now, that's not true. No? Nobody makes you drink. But it's because of her I took that job and bought a bigger house and things got difficult. So, alcohol didn't make things difficult? Well, on top of all the problems, but it wasn't the main problem, was it? I'm starting to wonder if you've learned anything in the treatment centre at all. I have. Prove it. What? I'll arrange for your wife to come in, and you can talk through how you're going to reintegrate into the family home. But that's no good for me. I need to stay in the dry house. And that, for now, is where you but if are I go, staying. But if I go back to her, I'll drink. And why is that? Because it's the only way to cope. This isn't about your wife at all, so stop shifting your responsibility onto her. What? You know that if you go back home, then you'll end up having to try to maintain your spotty. But if you stay here, you can pretend you've got no responsibilities like a lot of the others. This is a backdoor whereby you're promising yourself another drink. But I'll be fine if I just get divorced. And what about your children? How are they supposed to cope? I'll move away. Away where? That bloke from the meetings knows a guy with dry houses in Bournemouth. I was thinking of going there. Away from your wife, job and life here, none of which you've lost yet. Well, isn't it best to get the toxic things out of my life? In principle, yeah. However, your wife isn't toxic and neither are your children. I didn't say that. I mean... More than anything, we need to get the toxicity out of you. But... Which is why you're staying in the dry house. Okay. So we can help make a series of informed decisions over time. But... You should count yourself very lucky. Lucky? Most of the people we're seeing here generally have nothing to go back to. I suppose. I'll set up a meeting with your wife first. If we must, but I still think I should get divorced. Stop listening to your own advice. What? We're here for a reason. If you say so. Talk about taking it all <laughs> literally. Yeah. Right, you said it was toxic. Right, so I'm getting divorced. Getting divorced, and, yeah. My relationship with my wife is toxic, my marriage is toxic, I'm getting divorced. I need to move away, I need to live in another place entirely, yeah, yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. change everything. Or is it just easier for him because that means he's got an excuse to drink, he's got no reason yeah. not to drink? Stop he's obviously drinking. got a drink in his head, hasn't he? Yeah, but I think the thing that he's said, isn't it, that what needs to change? Everything. 
it doesn't mean that as soon as you leave rehab, you get rid of loads of things <laughs> from your life. Get rid of the last bits, the good bits. Yeah, it doesn't mean that I just extricate and expurge everything that I've decided is wrong in my life following a stint in rehab. Yeah, some things can be salvaged. It's taking things absurdly literally, isn't it? Oh, yet, there are those that do take it all literally and... I've heard it with people rushing into step nine. Yeah. Trying to do it too soon and making a right pig's ass of it because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's right, I'm gonna say sorry to everyone, I'm gonna do it now, I'm gonna do it this week. Yeah, yeah. It's bonkers. Get it out of the way. And I think more than anything, this is a guy who needs talking back to sanity. He needs talking mm-hmm. down from making a sequence of big decisions that could actually affect everything. Yeah, I'm assuming that's his sponsor he's talking to, which hopefully we'll listen to. It really is a case of being gradually brought down from the ceiling, isn't it? And in this kind of scenario, it's about someone else being rational for me. Yeah. Because I don't make rational decisions in those first few weeks. Yeah. None of us do. When we're in treatment, our heads are up our asses, and if we're lucky, there's a popping sound before we leave. Yeah, that's why it's good to have a sponsor or a support. Oh, absolutely. Or both, both, preferably. But this thing about decision-making is that no big decisions, unless they're unavoidable, unless they're medical, unless they're things that you absolutely can't mm-hmm. shy away from, you shouldn't suddenly come up with a whole load of life-changing decisions just because no. you got clean and got sober. No, no, no. It's a very dangerous thing to do because I needed someone to be rational on my behalf mm-hmm. to begin with, rather than trying to be rational myself. And I gradually got recalibrated back to having some sort of reasoning in my thinking. Mm. I do feel for this guy because he thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah. God knows what his wife must be thinking. What? <laughs> so you got him through rehab. He's uh, clean and, and sober, but he's turned into this raving lunatic. I want my money back. I know he said it was going to be different, but mm. I've spent thirty grand on this. <laughs> Can't you imagine? I didn't expect it to turn into an episode of Dynasty. <laughs> Oh, there's all singing, all dancing in Dynasty. Mm. This oh, morning right. I was watching. No, it's suddenly bursting into song. Anyway, that's not relevant, particularly to what we're doing now. Shame, really, because I could talk about that for hours. Next up, we've got the second half of my interview with Michael, in which we're talking about the journey, the nature of the journey, and where he's got to now. And actually, he will be joining us every so often. Oh, okay. As, as a I actually look forward to meeting him. So... There will be more in our ranks. We might even be four people next week. No, week after next. Oh, yeah. Week after next, there may be four of us. I wonder if... I've forgotten the name. What's her name? You've forgotten your name? No. Tallulah. Tallulah. Well, I always had to consider the possibility that Tallulah might come back. You never know. Anyway, let's hear this interview first. Someone mentioned it, I thought, I'll go on to it, and then it just boomed, it just blew up. Like, yeah, it has really exploded, hasn't it? it? There's so many people in recovery in there, and that. I'm still wary. I don't do lives as much because I get more from the TikTok videos that I do because I'm getting quite a few people watching mm. them. It's a question and answer. Let's play some music as yeah. well. Just so people don't think it's just all doom and gloom. No. Mm. We can have a normal life where we can enjoy things. We just don't associate with drinking. I don't find it that restricting, to be honest, because it just means that I'm not going to waste seven hours in a pub on a Friday yeah. night. The only time I go to a pub is if I'm going for a meal. Oh, if I'm going with someone for a purpose, yeah, yeah fine. And I do a lot of work in theatre, and That's good. theatres have bars. But if I'm there to do a job, 
then obviously there's no reason for me to be in the bar anyway. Yeah. Or if I am in the bar, it's merely to see people. Yeah. And it's not to specifically drink. With alcohol anyway, I think I imposed places and the need to drink on everything I did in my life, rather than life saying to me that I had to drink. Yeah. My interpretation was, oh, I've got to drink to be sociable. But yeah. No, I haven't. No. It's me that's telling myself that I need to go to yeah. this off-licence because I know I'm not going to get home until after 11. Yeah. So I need to make sure I've been there and put some tinnies in at home yeah. for when I get in. Yeah, yeah. And then I need to have a few drinks before I go out because they'll be drinking too slowly yeah. and all that stuff. Oh, I did mean to ask you, how did you cope during lockdown to start? Oh, well, the first lockdown, it was all new. I think I was in lockdown for five months, something like that. I can't remember. It was three months, everything. Yeah. But it was six months until things really started. Yeah getting back it was tough at the beginning because obviously i couldn't go nowhere i couldn't see my parents so i did struggle every day if i could go to the corner shop i'd get out because if i didn't i'd go insane i'd mm. go mad and it was tough because i didn't have nothing to help so i was struggling but i was just trying to maintain not going mad and then i found an app called pocket rehab on facebook i downloaded that and they started to do zoom meetings it's like a support app yeah. And that helped a bit, but it was a struggle. I found it that way. I was sharing a house with one other person and we found a way of mucking by, setting up some sort of routine. I was walking every morning for a couple yeah. of hours and it was Netflix time at seven o'clock in the evening. Yeah. And of course I started doing things that I hadn't been doing, like Zoom meetings with my family. And I had to look at Zoom in terms of accessing AI. I've yeah. since found different, more creative ways. I find a lot on Twitter. I find a lot on Zoom. I haven't been back to a physical meeting since the first lockdown. I haven't been to a meeting for years, that's being honest. Just because my work shifts. Shift work's pretty unforgiving, isn't it? Yeah, it's nine hour shifts, so when I'm off, like I work Monday to Thursday straight this week. But it's a job, it pays the bills. If I was drinking, I would not have none of this. I wouldn't no, be no. here today. So I'm grateful. Well, you wouldn't have found your way. <laughs> no, that would have been. You'd have got lost. Yeah. I'd have been getting a phone call saying, I'm in Nuneaton. Yeah? yeah, and? It was a struggle, but Pocket Rehab helped. I spoke to people across the world, America, all over the place. And it was just like a support meeting. They had a topic you'd share. People wanted to share the story they could. Obviously, I'd done it quite a lot. A lot of people looked up to me and I was just like, you don't look up to me. No, I'm, I'm not on a pedestal. I don't want that. I'm just here just like you, just trying to keep myself from going mad. Mm. But a lot of people were new in recovery, so I had the long sobriety and that. My sobriety, my journey is totally different to yours. Don't assume that we're alike. We're not. Every recovery journey is different. Then when I started to talk about AA and the, the higher power, that's when people are, oh, we don't want to see it. Well, don't listen to it then. This is my journey. This is me. Mm. It's not you. But that helped most of it. But I was still struggling because at that point, I never spoke about my past. And I still don't. I'm still working on it today. Mm. I still battle with my past because sometimes I'll have flashbacks of my past because I've, I've done that. I've done the 12 steps again. But it still comes back and gets you. Mm. But I manage it, I deal with it. 
so I do step four if it comes up right down then I've got people that I can say look something's come up can I read out step four to you not a problem and I do it and it's dealt with then and I learn how to manage stuff well that's the thing isn't it it's going from the utter unmanageability that we have to actually having some idea of what to do in lockdown I'll play darts I've been playing darts now for years and I've got a dartboard at home and all through the lockdown I made it that every day I'd get an app and I'd play against the computer and it would be two three hours I'd be standing there just playing the darts but it helped because it stopped my mind from overthinking and it changed it because I'm focusing on the numbers yeah. and I've done that all through the lockdown that was my daily routine is at a certain point I'd just take the darts out of the board and start chucking the darts very important that what came out of it for me in lockdown was very much about routine Yeah. because while I obviously I had to manage what was a very difficult situation for anyone but I had this schematic where it would be right okay I'll go for a walk first thing in the morning if I need to go shopping, I'll make it part of the walk. Mm-hmm. I'll play the piano every day. I'll make sure I'm reading every day. Yeah. I'll make sure I'm doing some editing or whatever for my music stuff. And before I know it, I'm making me tea and it's about time to start with Netflix. Yeah. And I actually feel like I'm okay watching Netflix for two and a half hours a night. I would have gone mad if I'd been just doing it willy-nilly. Yeah, and that's where every day is a routine for me. Anthony is lurking at the door. Yes. Well, he's lurking. Yeah, yes, he can he carry on working. Be, yeah. Oh, right, did he? Yeah, but Catching him is another oh, thing no, entirely. Yeah. But no, lockdown was a struggle, but it was good to get back to work to see people. But then we had the other lockdowns. I worked through one of the lockdowns. I think I worked through the second lockdown. Then the third one, yep, we went straight in again. Yeah. But I was prepared this time. I knew my schedule, if it happened again, yeah. what to do. So I'd get up and I'd say about one ish, I'd go to the shop, just the corner shop, and I'd see if I needed anything like milk, come back staying and I potter about the flat play darts make food have a shower then it was like watch a movie or play the Xbox that was it obviously the Zoom meetings were on there so I'd look for like different Zoom meetings just to get a different perspective hear different Mm. people new people so I had all that as well and I felt I was better prepared for lockdown because of stuff I picked up in rehab and stuff yeah. I picked up in AA yeah. and stuff that I picked up from mental health services because my immediate default when we went into lockdown was I need a routine yeah. whereas I know people who are not alcoholics who don't have mental health conditions who really struggled yeah. with lockdown yeah, and they, they ended up with a bottle of wine in front of Netflix 24-7, whereas that's, I didn't. Yeah, that's where a lot of people struggled, and that's where they turned to drink, and, that, and that's when the stats just went... And they have, they've gone bananas yeah. since the lockdowns. In the last 12 months, the number yeah. of alcohol-related incidents in hospitals has increased exponentially. And that's where I do these things to get the awareness out there. Like doing this podcast, I'm here to get the awareness out there that you're not alone. If you're struggling, reach out to someone. Reach out to someone, just talk to them. Let them know how you feel, what's going on in your mind. Like, Absolutely. And, and if you're drinking too much, speak to someone about it. Don't be ashamed to admit that you might have a little problem because we can get your help. And life gets better then. You can start to manage it and it gets easier. And then you'll, you'll start thinking clearly. And when stuff happens, you'll be able to deal with it because you will have a support structure around you. And I do think, going back to the lockdown thing and the using Zoom and all of that, for me, social media actually became a positive thing during lockdown. Whereas I'd found social media relatively toxic up until then, apart from when I was using social media for some form of work. That's different. If you're using it right as a form of work, that's one thing. 
but with the exception of a couple of friends who live a long, long way away, one of them yes. the other side of the world and whatnot, who I contact via Facebook, yeah. most of Facebook I found very unappealing. During lockdown, that changed. TikTok coming to the third lockdown for me, and that's what helped me because it was a different avenue, and I was like, is this going to work? Is it not going to yeah. work? You weigh up them and you think, I always go in, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, just give it a shot. So I did, I'd done a few videos, and it started to increase the followers, and then to go live, you had to get a 1,000 followers, and I was like, you've got no chance. And then i seen one video, I duetted it, and boom, 1,000 followers in two mm. days. And now it's just gone skyrocketed. The people that I've met, I've made some amazing friends, and I talk to them on a daily basis now. And I check in with them how they doing and look if you're struggling or you want to ask about 12 steps or anything like that hit me up mm. and i'm always doing videos on my days off directing with people inspirational people as you can see i've got jt motive on there i won one of his t-shirts and it's got beacon on the back <laughs> of it. and i like to see motivational stuff quotes my favorite quote from rockies it's not how hard you get hit it's how hard you can get hit and keep on moving forward and getting up I use that on a daily basis because what we've been through, we've been knocked down a lot, but it's how you get back up. Dust yourself off, look at what happened and learn from it and move forward. Because if we don't, it's game over because mm. we will just sit there and won't be able to deal with it. Having the support network around you is one, having the spiritual program of the 12 steps, whether it's AA or NA, and just wanting to do it for yourself not for anybody else it's not for them it's for you it's your recovery that you're dealing and with and of course if I handle that as my recovery then one of the positives for me that comes out is that it's positive for everyone around me anyway yes. the mere fact that I'm sober has They'll a positive effect on well. everyone around me and, and once you start getting sober people start coming back into your life that you hurt or they went away from you because of your drinking and that things change a lot and they change in unexpected ways yes. too and this comes up every time I interview anyone is that there's always something unexpected that they've either gained or got back in recovery that they'd never have thought of there's always something yes I always have a blessing every day for everything that's been given to me I have so much gratitude having the gratitude for people that supported me saying you can do this I don't expect that I don't. I hate having compliments. I don't do that. Look, I'm only here. I want to run away and dig a just, hole whenever anyone yeah. says, "Well done." I'm here to give my experience, strength, and hope. Simple. That's it. Because I've got the experience, strength, and hope of having alcoholism. And all I want to do is just get the awareness out there, break that stigma mm. of people not talking. Yeah. The more we do that, the better. And we have to keep yes. repeating ourselves, and we have to keep doing it. And that's why I put the show out every week. And I have one more question for you. Okay. Last question. If Disney came to you with an unlimited budget mm -hmm. and said, we're going to make a film of your life, who do you want to star in it? Oh, Jesus and you could have anyone, <laughs> who would it be? Oh, God. I'm going to make it from Tommy Turner. He's an Irish comedian. Yes. Him, because he's an amazing comedian. And I am just funny person to be around I do the daftest stuff I say the stupidest stuff Tommy Turner comedian he was in Father Ted as well of course yeah Father Ted's wonderful what would yours be for me yeah. who would I have playing me that's a really good question because I'm of a certain age where I might need a younger actor and an older one I'm not sure about who'd play the young me but I think Christian Bale for me at my age now yeah because he's very method and because he would 
throw himself into it and be honest with whatever material he was given. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to say Anthony Hopkins, but he's much, much older now. In recovery as well. He's 40-odd years yeah, in recovery, I've seen that on Facebook. If he were 50, I'd be saying him, but as it stands, definitely Christian Bale, I think. I noticed that in, in lockdown that a lot of actors had drink problems and they went into recovery as well. Well, there's a scary number of people in the media in recovery, actually. You don't Which always think. Shock. Anthony Hopkins has been sober since 1970-something. Yeah. Bruce Willis is 30-odd years sober. And the oh, grand oh, old man, the oh, mo- world's most dangerous pensioner, Danny Trejo, who's 50-odd years sober. Was oh, Osborne? What do you say? Yeah. Then again, I remember a quote from someone very well known who I happened to see at a meeting. Mm-hmm. And he said, we are all just alcoholics. Yeah. And that no matter where I've been, no matter where I'm going, no matter what my experience is, no matter what my education was, no matter what my so-called successes or failures or anything in the life I've had so far, it doesn't matter where I've come from. I'm just another alcoholic yeah. because alcohol is an equal opportunities. They're all the same. They have different um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. different stories, whatever. It says on the 12 steps, tell covers other alcoholics. Yeah. And the and one thing we have in common is our experience of alcohol. Yeah. And that's the crucial thing. And that's what I needed in getting into the rooms. Yeah. And that's what I'm glad to be here to give my experience, strength and hope. And well, it's, it's good of you to come in and do it. And I'll do any others as well. And heard about the Christmas ones as well. Yeah. Oh, Christmas. We're going to do two Christmas programmes mm-hmm. with Christmas stories. One week I'm going to do the catastrophic Christmas stories and then the second week I'm going to do the sober Christmas stories. Yeah. So it depends on what I get in, Yeah. but perhaps we'll talk about that in three or four weeks' time. Yeah, you've got my number. Okay. Like you can drop me a yeah. message and that we can work around stuff. Right, anyway. so we'll have a look at that then. Thanks very much, Michael. You're welcome. Thank you for having um, me. We'll see you again. I think it's really important that we we get people to interviews and we get as many different yeah. people as possible and, and as many angles as possible and that's obviously something we're still working on. Mm-hmm. We continue to work on and it's also helpful to know that Michael's going to come in and help us with a few bits as well because it gives us that extra angle, doesn't it? Yeah. And so we'll see him in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward right. to it. And, oh, what next, what next? Now, as promised last week, but now it's here this week because we went slightly over time Crazy last cats. week. The Alicats are Alec. back. And the old man... Severin. The old cat, who's so old, he doesn't know how old he is. Possibly oh. the oldest cat, in my absurd imagination. It certainly sounds... Like He's it. now, yet again, avoiding the issue. Mm. And God knows what Tom must think of this. So here we go. Now then, young man. Man? Well, it's a figure of speech. Is it? Bit human, I knows, but now then, young cat, never felt quite the same. No, I suppose not. Where was I? I'm not sure. Neither am I. No. Hmm. It was important. Was it? Yeah. Did I say I'd only say it once? Yeah. And it's more than important. More than important. Oh, yeah. So? I'm just having a moment, see. Are you? I'll be back soon. Can I, um, do anything? Not really. So, I'll just... Curl up on the rug then, shall I? You do that, my boy. I see. I hope you remember soon. Oh, you won't remember, but the answer will come. I'm confused. So am I. Oh, dear. It will come. Will it? Oh, yeah, certainly. Oh, good, because otherwise we might be here for a long time. We might be anyway. What? Here a long time. Oh. 
Why is that? Because I don't yet know what I have to tell you, do I? True. If it's just a simple code or a password, it'll be over in a flash. However, if it be a tale or even a saga, we might be here for days. Days? Weeks, even. Well, it's just that I don't think we've got that kind of time, because... Who be we to question time? But Reg... Ah, Reg. Yes, I Reg. know Reg. Yes, we both do. Now I knows. Oh, great. So, can we... Can It'd we be on? something about Reg. Well, yeah, I do. He's got trouble. And I know... See uh, that decorative box top the shelves? Yeah, but I... Bring it down, would you? Is it a memory box? You might say that. Oh, good. Or you might not. But... Some might say it makes memories rather than stores them. Mm, I'll see. Now, where was I? Reg. Oh, yeah, that'll be it. Reg. Yeah. And Damien Dalton. Damien. He's always been bad. Right. Reg was the only one that could stop him. Stop him? When he went berserk. He what? Damien's always been unpredictable. They say the day he was born, he tried to defect. Defect? And join another family. Really? Oh, yeah. But wouldn't have been blind? Oh, no. But Damien was born with third sight, you see. Or so he claimed. Oh, I've heard a second... Ah, well, you may have heard an old human story, you see. What humans call second sight, cats calls it third. Really? Oh, yeah. We're more evolved than they are. I see. Indeed you do, and you may not realise how far. Perhaps not. And Damien's defection. Now there's a story. I'm sure there is, but is it relevant? Relevant? I mean, to what Reg is doing now. And what is Reg doing now, I wonder? That's what I asked you to help me with. We know. So? All stories are relevant in their own way. I suppose they are, but does that help Reg? Open the bar. It's full of gloves. It is. I don't understand. You don't need to. Don't I? Find the one that fits around your left oh right i think i understand choose wisely i'll try there will be one that fits completely so close as you barely notice you were wearing it it's not that one then there will be one for it as written, written in the book of cat i see but we've always known how to write see have we question is though do we choose to is this some sort of philosophical thing? We see Reg has taught you well. Has he? Well, in as much as can be expected. Yes, hang on. I I think this is the one. Put your pour down flat on the table. It seems oh, to. Oh, yes, perfect. Is it? Yes. So, what do I um, do with it? You wears it when you need to. I see. It'll guide you, perhaps to great things. Right, but I still don't see how this helps, Reg. Perhaps he needs a glove. Oh no, we won't be needing another one. Another one? Too much power for any cat, that. He's already got one then? Oh yeah, from this very box. And this is the only box? So they say he brings me to Damien. Damien? I thought we were talking about Reg. Look, I know you're worried, but Reg is a very resourceful cat. Look at the humans he's had to put up with. Most cats are buckled under the strain, but he just walks through it. Well, I did wonder, but this mission, it's... Dangerous? Yeah, and it all seems to depend on Reg. Wouldn't be the first time. No. Or even the fifth. Hang on. Does this glove make me part of a secret society? Sort of, yeah, but it's not like the human ones, you know, the Illuminati and the Freemasons and all that other chicanery. This is a fraternity. Like an animal house. Oh dear, I think Reg may have taught you a bit too well. No, not like an animal house. This is an unspoken brotherhood. But it's nothing subversive, and I don't have to be a superhero. Oh no, nothing like that. I still don't see how this is helping Reg. Right now, Reg will be Shay Brutus. They'll be planning how to get rid of the Daltons. What? Get rid of meaning? Oh no, nothing sinister. The Daltons are a bunch of playground bullies who happen to have access to a network of similar idiots. 
They won't mess with Reg and Brutus, not when they're told. You sure about that? It's not an issue. So, I wear this glove and... And you will be known and it shall be done. You will be a maid cat. What? This is very important. Are you some sort of Cosa Nostra cat? Oh no, the Mafia borrowed from cat terminology in Sicilia in the 18th century. Being maid comes from a long-standing feline tradition. The mob just appropriated the term because they liked the idea. Because they liked the idea? Yes. So you're not the Mafia? No. And Reg? Reg may not say it, but he'll need your help. Like I said, he'll be with Brutus now, but when he comes back, which he will before he goes to Radcliffe-on-Trent, you need to shake his paw, then he'll know. I see. And Damien? Yeah, I need to tell you about Damien. Because? He's the loose cannon, the one who might come after the rest of you where Reg is gone. So he's... He's the infamous third twin. And I thought that was an urban legend. Oh no, let me tell you the real story. Is this about the triple dom effect? Oh yeah. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we wish. Well, not quite. I don't think Reg is going to get his boomerang moments either. No. He might do. We don't know if Tallulah's coming back. But clearly this crazy old cat is directing operations one way or the other. Oh, he's doing something, isn't he? He knows what he's doing. He's just not letting on, isn't he? <laughs> Mind you, what would Tom do with the information anyway? He's not the cleverest of cats. No, he's not the sharpest, is he? He's certainly not the sharpest tool in the box, I no. don't think. Anyway, with that, I believe we've run out of time. Again? Yeah, again. And we do try and keep this at roughly the same length. Yeah. Within about 15 minutes of yeah, the same length. Bore, yeah. We want something in the 30s, really. Mm. What wouldn't I give for that again? <laughs> Says he, galloping towards his 50th birthday. Anyway, we'll love you and leave you now. And if you have heard anything today that has given you pause for thought, that has made you realise that perhaps you do need help, or someone you know needs help, or remember if your family perhaps needs help, there are services out there. There's plenty out there if you Google it. There are phone lines to call. Definitely. There are all sorts of different ways of accessing help. And Even if you're not very keen on making the phone call, there are ways of doing it on chat forums. Yep, that one phone call couldn't change someone's life or even save it. Absolutely, mm -hmm. so don't hesitate. If you want to contact us for any reason, even if it's just to say that we're wonderful, you can find us on Recovery Central on Twitter or on the Changes Facebook page. So, have a lovely weekend and we'll be here next week. See you next Ciao. week.